discussing when Balev comes forward to request from Yeshua that he fulfills Kaddish Baruch's promise to him. So we're holding in Perak Yudalet, Pasuk Vav. The Pasuk says, Vayikshu B'nai Yehuda Yeshua Vagildo. B'nai Yehuda came to Yeshua, Vayemel of Kaddish B'nai Yehuda Yeshua and Kalev says to him, I tell you, that is a dover shedibra Hashem of Moshe. Yeshua Rekim, you know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, Aloy Doisai, Aloy Doisecho, about me and about you, B'Kadosh Barnea. That was the place where they sent the Meraglim from. And he recounts the story, it's not much we just learned in the parasha. In Arboim Shana Anoichi, I was 40 years old, Mishlach Moshe Aved Hashem Oisim, B'Kadosh Barnea, L'Ragnas Aretz. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends me from this place, B'Kadosh Barnea, to Spire, Eretz Yisrael. And I brought him back a report based on what on my heart. Agrashi points out what he meant by what is on my heart means in the whole sojourn of the Kodav together with the Raghdim Eretz Yisrael, he never revealed what he was going to say. He kept it quiet. It was only when he came back. So then it was the first time he spoke. But my brothers were with me. They strayed or caused the heart of Fashal to stray. I was faithful to Hashem. But that's a re- basically a short recap of the story of the Miraglim. Now what does he want? Next question. That's the Pasuk we saw this big question. And what does Pasuk Chalev say? Vayishava Moshe, Vayayma Hulaymar, Moshe Merishva Nata is saying, Imlai ha'aret ha'shadarakht darcha ragnacha ba'lachot yadunachla urbanecha da'ilam If not for the land that your foot, so to speak, tread on, will be for you and an akhla for your children forever. Because you followed after Hashem. Now, the question we asked this Pasuk is, if you look at Pasha Shlach, we never find Moshe made a promise at all. But on the contrary, Hashem made a promise. And Hashem was speaking to Moshe. And Hashem's response to Moshe after the story of the Miraglim was, I'm reading the Pasuk inside, my servant Kalev, because there was a different spirit to him, the other Miraglim, Vayamale Acharai, he was faithful to me. Therefore, I'm going to bring him to the land that he he went there, which was Hebron, and his and his children will inherit it. So the promise to Kalev was a promise from Hashem. And therefore the question is why did Kalev say Moshe made a promise to him? If anything, it makes his argument weaker. Is Hashem made a promise to be that much stronger? Now, the Emes is, like we said, that the word Tukhara said isn't exactly what the Pazik says either. The, therefore, it's more established what the is referring to is the Pazik in Dvarim when Moshe repeats the story to Klaishra of the Miraglim. And the Pasuk there says like this. Moshe is talking to the Jewish people and he says to them, Vayishva Hashem is called Ibrahim, Vayikta, Hashem will be angry, Vayishava Neymar, he made a Shvah. And the Shvah was, Im Yira Ish, Vayilashim Ha'ele, Hadara Ra'azeh, Esa'arit Ha'tayv Hashem Ishpat Ha'asayis Lavaisim. Hashem is a Shvah, none of that generation would love to see Eretz Yisrael. Zulasi, except, Kalev ben Yifunah Hu Yirana, Kalev will see it. Vilay Etel Esa'arit Ha'asayis Darach Ba'u Lavanim, that's the longest you see, Hadarach Ha'ragli Chobah. Right? The land that he walked on, that will be given to him and to his descendants. Because he followed after Hashem. 
That's the first pasuk. The next pasuk, Yeshua benun haimed lefanecha. Yeshua is standing in front of who Yahweh Shlomo. He'll bring you there. Oisay chazek who he inchilan es Yisrael. He'll be the one to apportion to Klal Yisrael. So even though it's not Moshe making a shvur, but here it's Moshe recounting Hashem's shvur. But once again, so this is more accurately the pasuk that God is referring to. But the question is, why did God refer to the pasuk in Dvarim and not the original pasuk in Shlach, which Hakadosh Baruch Hu said himself? So it's interesting. I didn't see any of the who asked the question. And then they didn't know that. I like to suggest that the evidence is the reason why Hakadosh did that is a certain uh, middle stylus in Kalev's part. Because let's look at the story what happened in Shlach carefully, and you'll see an amazing thing. Now, firstly, the question is on the story of the Torah itself, his explanation. But you'll see an amazing thing. The spies go, the spies come back. Uh, the spies make their claim, the Eretz Israel, that's uh, unconquerable. Kalev gets up, Vayas Kalev, he stands up on the chair and says, and says, it's not true, we can come, we'll be successful, we'll take it. And then the spies contradict him. And they say, we aren't able to go up, it's too strong for us, we won't be able to conquer it. And everyone starts to cry. And at that stage, they turn against Moshe, they say, we'll make a new leader and go to Mitzrayim. And Yeshua and Kalev both tear their clothing and they say that uh, you're making a mistake. At that point of the story, Hashem intervenes and he says to Moshe, I'm going to punish everybody, none of them want to see Israel. And now comes the Possum. Zulasi, except Kalev and Yifun, who you're in, Except of Kalev and Yifun, he'll be the only one to see it. And it doesn't mention Yeshua. Yeah. Now imagine how Yeshua must have felt at that second. Right? Hashem said, these are all Rishon. They're all going to get killed in the midrash. I'm going to go to Yeshua. Except, Avdi Kalev. I'm saving Kalev. doesn't say a word about Yeshua. Not a word. It's only much later on, when Kaisha, when Moshe went to Davin, and after Hashem responded a second time to him, then it says, Zulasi, the Bosak says, in attempt to avoid the artist in the side, he said, the Shakin is Khimba, Kim Kalebin Yifun of Yeshabinut. That's the second time. After the Shem says, I'll keep my promise, no one else is going to go in, except for Kalebin Yeshab. So the first thing is, we can understand very well how Yeshab felt slighted or felt like shocked that he wasn't mentioned in the, in the original Nava. So Hashem says, I want to destroy everybody, except for Kaleb. Yeshab wasn't mentioned. Now, why not? Why not? So the answer is everything that Hashem Baruch does is made a connected with him. And that is, when the miraculous originally came, and they said to Klai Yisrael that the people are too strong, Klai Yisrael, you're not going to be able to do anything. So who gets up to contradict them? Kaleb. Vayas Kaleb and Amal Moshe. Kaleb gets up and says, not true, you're going to be successful. Yisrael keeps quiet. Why did Yisrael keep quiet? So Chazal said, no one's going to listen to me anyway, they think I'm a Talmud of Moshe. So I'm not going to agree with him, but he didn't stand up publicly to disagree with him. But later on, when uh, he saw they were going, they were, wanted to rebel and go back to Mitzrayim, so then he also joins in and he, he says, you're making a mistake. But originally, who stood up to, 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 to fight the wrong? Only Kalev. Hashem responded, we're looking to When Hashem said, I'm going to punish them, he says, but I'm going to save you, Kalev, because you, in response to what you did. You should not do anything that stage. Hashem didn't mention him. And it's only later on when Hashem Baruch repeats the, the fact he's not in the children, then he says, except for Kalev and Yeshua. Yeshua didn't do anything. It wasn't one of the sinners. But that initial reaction that Hashem said, I'm going to save Kalev. Only Kalev. But Abdi Kalev. He's an exception. 
is because Kalev was the exception because I only stood up. So since he stood up to argue with everybody for Hashem's honor, Hashem made a point of mentioning him especially. Then I'm going to say she was left out at that stage. Now, like I said, I'm sure for your sure this is very painful. Later on, Hashem includes, don't worry, no also gets Israel. Kalev is now talking to Yeshua. And he wants to remind him of the incident. And therefore, I would imagine, it's Kalev's middle He doesn't remind him of Pashuk and Shlach. Because the Pashuk and Shlach was where Kalev gets mentioned and not Yosha. And then Yosha would feel that slight again. That you, you, and therefore, he mentions the Pashuk and Dvarim. Because when Moshe repeats the story, okay, he repeats the story. He doesn't change what Hashem said, but he adds another Pashuk. When he talks about here, again, he says, Hashem got angry with all of them. He said, none of them will come to Eretz Israel. Zulasi, except for Kalev and Yifona, who you're in, what Moshe said. To him I'll give the land that he, he stood on and to his children. And the next person, Yeshua is the leader who's going to take you in. Yeshua Benun, who I'm Yahweh Shama, Oisli Khazak bin Khan So here, when Moshe put it, he didn't make the start to Yeshua. He repeated what Hashem said. The promise Hashem made just to call it. But right afterwards he says, and Yeshua, he's going to be the leader who'll give it up. And therefore, Kalev would rather remind Yeshua of the Pasuk in Dvarim. Which doesn't make Yeshua feel that he was left out. Rather than the Pasuk in Shlach, which was something unique for Kalev, which wasn't given to Yeshua. And that's why he also says Hashem Nishba Moshe. This was Moshe talking. Moshe Anke in the Pasuk in Shlach was Hashem talking. And if we see three things, that Kalev says based on the Pasuk in Dvarim. First of all, Yeshua Moshe. Second, the language is that is the language of the Pasuk in Dvarim. It doesn't say that in Shlach, as we saw. And same the Dashan of Ravanea Chadoyim. That's also the more accurately the Lashon of the Pasuk in Dvarim. So Kalev wants to remind Yeshua of the promise to him, but Yedafka chooses the Pasuk, which won't be, so to speak, a slant to Yeshua, but not Yeshua, Adarab. That Pasuk in Dvarim, Adarab, Yeshua comes out as Kalev's promised something, but Yeshua's going to be the one to give it out because he's chosen as the leader. Okay, so that's, uh, that's why Kalev brings, reminds Yeshua in that context of Hashem's promise. And now he says, Vata, hinei hechi Hashem Hashem kept me alive like he promised. And as part of the promise was, Kalev would live to see it. He said, I'm going to bring it to us, Israel, and I'll give it to him. So Hashem kept me alive like he promised. It's 45 years since that happened. And now he says, Hashem knows Hashem said it to Moshe. Now he's not quite in the Pasuk anymore, so he doesn't say Moshe said it. It's 45 years since then. And then 85 years old. How did it come out to 45 years? Because there was a story of the miracle that happened in the second year of the Midbar. So another 38 years in the Midbar. And in the seven years it took them to conquer Israel. So at the end of the conquest, now they started dividing Israel. So we're seven years into the conquest of Israel. And now the is 85. That now, why does it make a difference how old he is? Next possible. I'm as strong now as at 85 as I was then when Moshe sent me at 40. The same strength I have then is the same thing I have now. I'm willing to fight, to go and to lead him to come back, whatever it is. And why is he saying that? What he's saying it is, is because you're going to see that what Kalev was promised was curious. Arba. It's a part of Hebron. And there were the giants were still there. The same giants that the Miraglim spoke about, that they were so scared of them, that they were, we felt like 
Chagovim, not locals in their eyes, but the plants were still around. So Yishara comes to Yishara and says, give me the Nachla that Moshe promised me. So what does he expect Yishara going to say? It's very nice to give you the Nachla, but you know the giants living there. Right? So Yishara is basically saying to him, I'm not scared of him. As if I wasn't scared of him 45 years ago, I'm not scared of him today either. I was strong then, I'm as strong now, I'm willing to, I'm willing to deal with it myself. Just give me the land and I'll deal with it, take care of it. That's what he says. That's always the case, or is this the case? Therefore, he says, Give me the mountain which Hashem promised me. You yourself heard that the giants there. And the fortified cities. Hashem will be with me and I'll destroy them. And now we have the secret of why Kolev is not afraid. Why is Kolev not afraid? Maybe he's strong like he was 45 years ago, but man, he's talking about giants. So why is God not afraid? The answer is, is because this was part of Hashem's promise to him. Hashem's promise to him is, I'll bring him to Eretz Israel and I'll give him the land. So the Bukhara says, I don't have to be afraid of. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought me here 45 years later, right, he made me a promise, he'll give me the land, so give it to me. I'm not scared that I won't get it. Right, and this is uh, exactly the, the, the response, let's say, to this, what the miracle. The Miraglim's mistake was that they got afraid. They became afraid. And even though Hashem had promised them Eretz Yisrael, they said, how are you going to con- conquer it? They're too strong for us. We saw these giants. But reverse you're forgetting something. HaKadosh Baruch promised it to you. So giants are not giants. You know, There's nothing to be afraid of. And that's exactly the point. The Kodav was strong about it. What Kodav's argument was, if Hashem promised us, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. You don't have to be afraid of giants. He didn't argue the facts. The Klaish said, they said the people are strong, and Kala said, so what? Hashem promised it to us. Right? The, the, if the Midrash, Yom makes Kala's argument much more graphic. He said, when we came out of Mitzrayim, we weren't, they, they weren't, uh, the odds weren't against us. And we went through Yamsa, the odds weren't, uh, we weren't afraid. But Hashem helped us then, Hashem will help us now, so what's it to be afraid of? And that's what Kala said to them. And that's what he says to Yeshua now also. Give me the land, I'll take care of the giants. Hashem promised he's going to give it to me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm willing to fight him now at 85 like I was when I was 40. Doesn't the Chodesh say that? So, Hashem was saying there is a show. Hashem promised to give him there is a show. And then the same over here. Hashem promised Kodav he'd give it to him. He'll give it to him. Right. Therefore, by Yerachai Yosha, and he gives him Eretz. Now, just uh, as a side point, I want to digress it for a moment. This proves the shit of the rabbit. And that is that the dots weren't a, sophic, weren't a surprise to Klai Yisrael. The dots were just to prove what really was going to happen. It wasn't like all, everything was on the table and anything could have happened. Why? Because Kalev was part of Shevet Yehuda. And Hashem promised him Chevron. So it had to be that Chevron would be in Chalak Yehuda. Hashem wouldn't have given somebody a Nachal and a different person Shevet. Just like, for example, yes. Yosef was promised to the city of Shechem. Right? So it had to be Shechem was formed to the Nachla of Yosef, which it did. Right? Hashem is not going to give uh, the Shevet a property and then some random person with a different Shevet, the Chalik. So, so, so why was Yeshua? Okay, Yeshua, two reasons. Number one, uh, Yeshua was the leader. So, like the positive for him, Yeshua was in charge of Kuhuyan Chilel and Yisrael. So his word would carry weight. The king says, if you should, who's the one entrusted with the job of giving out Eretz Yisrael, was that this is given to God, and there's nothing to talk about. Right? Number two, Yeshua knew it was true. Yeshua heard Hashem say it. 
as opposed to right, as opposed to the new daughter of Nasim, who were much younger. They weren't in the daughter of the Ruh, they were the following daughter. So then what the Kodav's going to debate with him, Hashem did say, Hashem didn't say it. Yeshua knew Hashem says it, and the Kodav says it to him. He says, Ka'ata You heard Hashem say that. Right? And therefore there's nothing to argue about. You heard Hashem promise it to him. And Yeshua doesn't argue. Straight away Hashem gives it to him. Al-Kain ha'isa khaver and the Kodav and Yifun ha'kniz in the nakhla the Yamazah. And therefore, even before the rest of Shev Jiru was divided up, Kalev up front was given Hebron and remained his inheritance for him and his descendants. Right, the Shem Hebron, the final Kiris Arba, because of Adam Agadol Banakim, who that was the Arba was the father Anak, the greatest of the giants, with his three sons, that was called Kiris Arba. Before you just finish up this discussion, two more points. Um, the one is that the Gemara asks a question. The Gemara says, we're going to see later on, that certain cities in Israel were given as Arimiklat, a series of refuge, that if persons are at Tzach he can find refuge in one of these cities. Um, the cities of the refuge are all cities belonging to the Levim. So Ari Levim became Arimiklat. And one of them is Kavran. And if that's the case, how could Yeshua get, give Hebron to Kalev when Hebron has been earmarked to be a city of the Levim and the Yerimiklat? So what is given to Kalev then? Right. So the Gemara asks the question, Marcus, and the Gemara answers that there was, the, so to speak, just like today we talk about city center and then the suburbs. Right. So the Gemara is exactly the same thing. There was a, the, the inner city, or the central part of the city, which is the area of Levim, and the Pavrov, the, the center outskirts of Hebron, which is given to Kalev. Also, it's given to in the Pasuk. He gave him the mountain. The Pasuk says, Give me the mountain. Right. That's not the inside of Hebron. Right. Hebron is in the valley. The mountain of Hebron is the outside of Hebron. Right. And that's the, that's the area which was given to Kalev. It was the, the, the outskirts, the environs of Hebron, which, was, which became his Nakhala. The city of Hebron proper was given to the Levine. Which is why also that's it's called Kiris Arabia after the Giants, right? Because that's where the giants are. The rats. The Ma'aras of Achpeh is not in the mountain. It's in the fields at the bottom. If you go to Hebron today, you can see it. Nothing strange. The Ma'aras of Achpeh is in the, on the mountain near Kiris Arab. Today, it's settled. It's called Kiris Arab. It's in the mountain. You come down to the, in the middle, in the Sarsip Valley, that's where Hebron is. This is the Ma'aras of Achpeh. Nothing strange. Right? The, 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 the Kiris Arab of the Ma'aras of Achpeh was in the valley of Hebron. That wasn't given to Kalev. That was part of the Arayadim. It was after the mountain on the outside of Hebron, which was given to Kalev, and that became his place. Right, so that was the, that was the, even before, we're going to see that, the, the area of Hebron was given to Kalev. Now, the positive is finished up, the land was quiet from war, and we haven't spoken here about how Kalev dealt with the giants, and Shaykh comes back and tells us the story. But it's a that the war wasn't finished yet. Kalev had to go deal with the giants before he could take the land. After that, so then there was the Arishak to Muhammad. After that, then there was a, a certain ceasefire, so then they could give out the rest of the rest of the Shah. Food. 